0: There's a party going on.
1: Welcome back to All The Things uh, with Luke Tim This is Luke Tim And I'm excited you're back on the podcast Glad you're listening and hope you enjoyed it Uh, I know you enjoyed that episode with John Connor And I know I'm going to have him back on as soon as we can Because he is just awesome But I have another treat for you today And that is two people actually on the podcast Michael and Shara Osiro And they are from Kenya Actually, uh, Shara was born in the Caribbean and is an American citizen. Uh, They got married a couple of years ago and are just living this awesome missionary life in Kenya. So... Um, A little bit of backstory here. Shara and I have been doing mission trips together. She has been hosting us. She's one of the main people that we work with when we do these mission trips. You've heard all of those mission podcasts before, so I don't need to remind you too much about that. But she's been doing missions for a lot longer than she's known me. Um, She was actually a missionary in South Africa for a while. And um, has a a bit of a new role with the LCMS, with communications and such, but is probably going to end up hanging out with us when we do our short-term missions because, as I always tell people, living faith is everybody's favorite. So our church gets special treatment because we are awesome, and that's just kind of the way it is. So Shara is going to talk a little bit about um, that stuff that she does, uh, short-term missions. And if you are at all interested in doing short-term missions, please contact me and um, have a conversation with me or Shara or Shao Trump, uh, other people who are doing it. Because there's a lot of great ways to do missions super stupid wrong. And you don't want to do that. You want to do them well. Trust me, I've done them wrong. In fact, I told a story on this podcast about how wrongly I have done a short-term mission before, and it's terrible. It's actually more harm than good. So, uh, as always, you can follow me on uh, Twitter or on Instagram. I am on Twitter at Luke underscore Tim. Instagram, I am just uh, Luke underscore Tim. Facebook, whatever, email me, all the things with Luke Tim um, at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, guys. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Well,
0: he just mentioned it last night, and then... As we were leaving, he's like, "I was like, what is that?" He's like, "The thing that we talked about."
1: I was like, "What? Why?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're live recording. Hang on tight. All right, Shara and Michael Ostiro. Yeah, you got it right. Not quite though. You got it right, Osiro. <laughs> o- I feel like there should be. Shouldn't there be like a
2: little like a little Ostiro? Osiro, not o- C- Osario. Osiro.: Most C- R- yeah. Americans say Osiro.
1: But there's I feel like there's something I should do with my I tongue that I'm not doing. Yeah, a roll of no, no. the tongue that I'm not That's doing. Okay. It's great to see you guys.
0: Good to be yeah, here. Good to be
1: here. And thank you for coming in and, and being willing to do this. This yeah. is fun. Thank you. Um you are how fresh off of the plane from Kenya? Uh, a
0: little bit over a month. A
1: little bit over a month, yeah. You've been in town for about a month. And what all places you obviously
0: Florida California. Um, Missouri, uh, Cape Dorado. Uh, Phoenix, California, and now Iowa.:
1: Iowa. Yeah. yeah, we're after Iowa.
0: Then back to Florida for some family time, and then back across the seas to Kenya.:
1: Awesome. I yeah. make sure all my levels are good here. Awesome, So you have to be so, so everybody knows who are you. Why don't you introduce yourselves?
0: Sorry, are we? Um, so I'm Shara Osiro. I'm a LCMS missionary serving in Eastern and Southern Africa. I serve as a communication specialist. And Michael and I live in Nairobi, Kenya.
1: Awesome.
2: And Michael, you are originally from? I am uh, born and bred in uh, Kenya. I lived in Nairobi. Then I moved to the States. I lived in San Francisco and... Uh, I met this lovely lady back home so
1: Yeah, like how long it. were you in San Francisco?
2: I was in San Francisco for about uh 14 years. Okay. Yeah, and uh before that I went to school in uh Arkansas, the home of Razorbacks.
1: Wow, yep. you were in Arkansas. Uh-huh. I bet you didn't stand out at all.
2: <laughs> <I'm telling you. laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah so There we go Yeah, yeah uh, I went back home And then uh, I met this lovely lady Yeah
0: oh, yeah. How'd you guys meet?
2: You wanna uh, say you that? Bella,
0: yeah <laughs> um, Just through a, mut- a mutual friend uh, There was a lady That did some uh, Insurance Stuff for our office And uh, they were neighbors At the time And she just kinda Mentioned um, If I was Talking to anyone in particular, and I said no, and um, I said, well, I guess it never hurts to network and meet people. Sure. So um, I shared my business card, and she shared it with Michael here, and he gave me a shout, and we've been talking to each other ever since.
2: <laughs> and the rest is uh, history, like they say. Yeah. <laughs> How long yeah. have you guys been married now? Is it a year? Uh, uh, nine, we, months. year nine months. We were uh, two uh, clocking two years in, in Feb in february two years in february mm-hmm. is is courtship
1: I, this is more of a, a shower question is courtship and, and actually you is mm-hmm. it different in kenya than it is in the states i mean is it i mean nairobi is a little bit different than the rest of kenya
0: right yeah so i would say with there that i mean we uh, we you know went out hung out um went to dinners movies um time with friends, so kind of like in the States, um, so I would say it was very, very similar. I'm not sure how it is in the villages, uh, maybe. Well, however,
2: uh, the difference with uh, our courtship was that we met uh, adults. Yeah. Yeah, so when by this time we'd started uh, seeing each other and talking to each other, it was... It was more of purpose driven and we knew that at the end of the day this is where we were headed yeah and and uh i think that th- that was a good thing for us because by the time i mean we knew that eventually we were we wanted to get married we talked about different things we talked about how we where we wanted to be and 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 uh so that helped us uh, helped us a lot yeah yeah
1: I, I actually encourage um the kids at living faith all the time i'm like you know it's okay when you're kids to just kind of date for no real reason, but you get to college, if if it becomes clear you're not going to get married, then what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> wasting time. <laughs> so <laughs> I suppose as, as adults, it's like, yeah, get married or let's not date anymore.
0: <laughs> yep. Right. I mean, well, yeah, he kind of said, you know, at our stage in life, um, we were both adults, um, it, that at this point he wanted to date for with the end result being marriage no, nothing yeah. casual and, and I, I mean I was at the same mindset as well too so um, we, we again talked about it prayed about it and, and then decided to date and uh, didn't really set a course for when we were want to get married and just kind of let it evolve through our relationship as, mm-hmm. as we grew together and, and learned together um, and and yeah, so then when we just kind of felt it was the right time, we said, mm-hmm. let's get married now. Yep. So, <laughs> so we we know Shara is a missionary,
1: and uh, what is it that you do? I,
2: I'm a software engineer. I You're do
1: software. a nerd. I love
2: it. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I'm a software engineer. Uh, yes, I and am. And actually, actually but, uh, as of the time I was leaving Kenya for the States, I was already in technology. So when I landed in Arkansas, really there was nothing much for me to do there. Yeah. So I just did my education and moved to California. Yeah. Yeah. So you did, um,
1: you, did you go to school in Arkansas?
2: I, I went to school in Arkansas. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Awesome. So tell us about Kenya mission work. What is, what is your, what are your major projects going on right now, Shana?
0: Um, for our field, so we've got a couple of different things. We've got our project 24, um, which is our child care and child, and partially child sponsorship. The child sponsorship part of that is Christ Care for children Kenya, so CCCK. So we're pushing for that for sponsorship for the children that are in the boarding facilities um, across Kenya. We've got six facilities. The newest one just opened back in August, um, and then we've um, just working on volunteers and teams for for next year so our volunteer coordinator is um doing some prep work for that um let's see and then just working with uh just projects across the the continent um, we've got tin roofs um wells um scholarship support for missionary um for students at seminaries but i think our biggest one would be focus on project 24 and then child care for for christ care for children kenya yes Oh really? That's our big one, yeah. Yes, Project Twenty Four is
1: kind of new to me. I haven't done a lot I, I know very little about it. Um we've been doing short term missions with you for like seven eight years. Seven eight years maybe, yeah. Somewhere around there. Um and Project twenty four is what, two years old, three years old?
0: Uh, it's probably a little bit older than that, but we've uh got a new director. Um and we kind of did some re- re-evaluation of it. Sure. Um, so I'd say probably uh, on, on the newest part of it, maybe two to three years old. But it um, Project 24 is a collaboration between the LCMS and then the ELCK, the church in Kenya, um, to provide um, care and uh, for orphaned or vulnerable children. So Project 24 are the actual boarding facility sites, of which we have six and then the CCCK is the sponsorship part, so individuals can sponsor children that are living within a Project Twenty Four facility. Are all six of those in Kenya? Yes, mm-hmm. um, most I mostly on the western side, and there's one um, outside of Nairobi going towards Namanga. Namanga,
1: yeah. okay. And is there plans to expand that out? Because I know you work not just in Kenya. You're in Tanzania, Uganda. I mean, you're like everywhere.
0: Uh, for now, I think it's just going to be in Kenya. Um, the hope is to have 24, hence the name Project 24. Um, so the hope is to have 24 sites. Ah. So it will be uh, several in each of the dioceses. I was thinking concept.
1: 24 hours for some reason. <laughs> no, 24 sites. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 24 sites. Okay. So we're at well, six 20. now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what
1: are those sites like? I mean, what what happens at those places?
0: So the, the children... Um, come from a community so I'll just use the newest one for example that one is in the Nyamira Diocese Okay, Um, it's called Nyambiri and so the children will come from the surrounding community um, and they actually live on site so it's a dorms um, lunch area um, so everything for for the kids so they leave their, their home village and they they would live there at the facility. There is a pastor that cares for them spiritually. So they do um, a lot of Bible things um, as part of their curriculum there. They do. There's a, a matron to somebody that's there to care for them. Their security. Um, so do they stay there twenty? So they hours? stay there okay. the whole time. So when school break, when schools are naturally on break, then they get to go back home to their to their family. Okay. And yeah. So right now the kids are all. On school breaks, so they're back home in their villages. Interesting.
1: Yeah, that's actually kind of the model that um, they're doing with, with our because we have a sort of a side hustle <laughs> for mission work um, where we want to make sure we're always doing stuff with the ELCK, with LCMS, but we've got people in Morunga, um, and you know, I, I think that that model is pretty similar. And, you know, the well, first time I was ever in Kenya was, gosh, 15 years ago, something like that, and uh, I cannot remember the guy's name but I don't think he's a missionary anymore I, I lost track of him but anyways his his comment was um, yeah Kenya is riddled with white man's best intentions because you know a lot, of, a lot of churches go over there to start orphanages and you just see these empty buildings <laughs> these orphanages all over the place because it's built with an American mindset and not a Kenyan mindset and nobody brings their kids because you know, nobody wants to give their kids up. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, thing was was uh, good about this one again. There, there is a connection to the the local Lutheran churches. Um, yeah. the facilities are built near uh, uh, a a church, so the kids go to church there, and then they're in a nearby school, so they go to school. Mm-hmm. So, and um, the kids twice a year come together um, in a Bible. Club competition, so all the kids from all the sites will meet at at different sites. They kind of go around at a different site so they see what each other's facilities look like. And so they uh, recite portions of the catechism, and there's a Bible first that they focus on. They do um, songs, um, stories. Um, all kinds of things. So it gives them the opportunity to, to again, grow in their faith and um, just get and learn and fellowship um, together. Yeah. And then another portion of that is, is beyond 24. So the kids that are now going into high school or Form 1 through 4, those are the beyond 24 kids. So they most likely will go to a boarding school, so they will be out of the facilities and they'll board at the school that they go to. But they come together i think once a year and they have a whole week of just like a a conference for the kids so different things um, spiritual things um, things that will be relevant to their life Um, so the pastors from the different um, sites and the different diocese will come together and all the kids the beyond 24 kids will come together yeah and then they'll have a, a conference so they still get to be in fellowship with each other but they also get to to learn and then um, even kids that have been like out of the program, um, coming back to yeah, to to be a part of that.
1: Yeah, boarding schools are a whole thing in Kenya. And um, it, what do you think? Like the general, how how many kids go off to school in a boarding school in Kenya?
0: i would pass that on to Michael because maybe he think yeah, like, possibly, he probably went to boarding school.
2: Possibly, sixty percent. Sixty percent. Sixty percent. Because after after high school or no after uh, primary school most parents want want to you know uh have the kids go to a facility that can basically just just discipline them and raise them up so that when they're ready to go to universities then yeah then they're already independent so bo- boarding schools are big are big in kenya yeah
1: yeah what are the ages um so primary school is the first right primary school is the first and how old are you when you're done with primary school
2: uh, f- 15, 15. 15, 16 Okay, and then mm-hmm. you're off to boarding school. Then you're off to boarding school until how? When are you done? Until uh, nineteen, and for those who delayed in the primary schools, up to twenty-one, you can so be tw- so high school can, age. Yes. Yeah, so
0: form one to form four, you're bored. So like yeah. our our high school, mm-hmm. yeah. yes, nineteen to
1: twenty-one, and then you go to university. Then you go to uni- university. Yeah. So we're usually in university nineteen to twenty one. <laughs> That's kind of we're done with high school at eighteen. Well,
0: like you yeah. said, it just kind of depends on, on the delay,
1: yes, um,
0: of or when the kid, child may have started school. And um, mm-hmm. again, in some of your villages, depending on their tribes and stuff like that,
2: and then you know, that, start
0: school maybe at a later age.
2: Mm-hmm. And then um, the cases whereby uh, a kid maybe drops out of school because the country is the fee. And then when 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 they are able to get the fee much later, then re- they they, then they go back to school. So yeah. there's always that because they delay. can't raise the because fee for they, tuition. Yes. Yeah.
1: Tell me about the free public education in Kenya.
2: Free public education was uh, implemented by the government, but it's interesting because uh, students still pay fee. Yeah. I mean, even <laughs> in government uh, government <laughs> uh, facilities. Right. I mean. Uh, so I, I, I think I would say that Kenya has free public education, but in quotes, because it's either not free. way there's still, there's still kids who are thrown out of school because they can't pay, uh, fees. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah, it's a very different experience than the U S from what I've understood. And, and it always confuses me because, um, even like the private schools that are religious, um my understanding from i'm trying to remember back where i learned this um even those curriculum can be influenced by other people so of course, does yeah. the government mm-hmm. set the curriculum for like the there's gov- a private yes.
2: lutheran school the, the government sets curriculum for education now if it's a let's say private school of lutheran roots then uh they they will have to follow the government set a curriculum but on top of that they can have they can add whatever uh, religious, education. religious education they want yes I but but also it's important to know that in kenya from grade uh, 4 all the way to to what is uh, f- fourth form form from, 4 to form 4 grade. yeah to 12th grade there is religious education so that's part of the curriculum e- either either christian or uh, Islam or Hindu, there is religious education. No matter what? No matter what,
1: yes. It's, that is very different <laughs> from America, where mm-hmm. if you're in a public school, they scrub that out as much as they can, and there, there is mm-hmm. zero religious education. Really? Wow. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, my kids go to a public school, and um, there is no... No education as far as religion goes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: very taboo. Um, my kids, my kids are crazy because I raise them crazy, and they always find out if their teachers are Christians and they ask them where they go to church. And but
2: in in a way that explains why uh, perhaps at, uh, in the United States a specific age doesn't just doesn't go to church. I mean because <laughs> they they don't have that foundation. I mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. if, if there is no Christian education in school. Then you find that that at specific ages, uh, Americans tend to drop out of school, uh, out of out of a church? church, yeah, and then much later in their lives, then they go back to. School. That's very different in Kenya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, faith and religion in Kenya is, I mean,
1: it. Are, are there many atheists in Kenya?
2: No, they are there, but they're not many. Yeah, I mean, there are almost. I mean, you know, uh, let's say perhaps three percent of Kenyans are atheists. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But but ninety five percent are either Christians, Hindus, or or uh, Islam, or Buddhists. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and then the other, of course, there are always others who don't know where they are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you went to boarding school. So I went to, uh, yeah, I went to boarding school. How
1: far away was it from your home?
2: Uh, 60 miles. 60
1: miles? Mm-hmm. West of Kenya. See, I love that you you spent time in the U.S. and you did that conversion for us. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't do kilometers. Yes. yes. <laughs> I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. All my listeners are just going, whew. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Yes. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Fun. Um... And you are a rock star when it comes to helping Shara with her work, too, because on our last short-term mission to Kakuma, Mm -hmm. if not for you, none of us would have clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yep, yep, yep. uh None of our luggage made it on time. I think
2: think, uh, for Shara, my wife, to succeed in her work, I mean, she has to, I have to support her. Yeah. I mean, I have to support her because there's no way my wife is going to be at the airport until three in the morning <laughs> trying to get things done. I mean, even even as, as a husband, I mean, I wouldn't be comfortable with having my wife out at, until three in the morning. I mean, at least the, the least I could do is to just be by her side. Yeah. And like I always say, uh, behind every successful woman, there's all, always some... Man struggling to to, to make
0: struggling. things work. Yes. No. I, I. Yeah. He. He's been great I, in being again at airport pickups and and mm-hmm. a lot of times helping me talk through um, the difficult things when I'm kind of stuck in a place, you know, um, and uh, just kind of remind me that you know of my calling to be in missions. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I get tired physically tired. I get Mentally drained, um, you know, spiritually tired as well too. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he hears it all, and he will always say, "Hey, you know what? It's it's your calling. You, yeah. you got you got to be there. Um, you know, you got to go to this thing. You the the relationships have already started, and you need to, you know, keep nurturing those yeah. and, and be a part of that. So. And and Michael, your tribe again?
2: I'm I'm Luo. You're Luo. Luo is uh. The second biggest tribe in in, in, in yeah. Kenya, yeah. And Shara's is Kikuyu. <laughs> no. That's what they say. That's what they say. And, <laughs> Shara is American. <laughs> Shara is American.
1: <laughs> you, you get that a lot, though. You've told me that, right?
0: Uh, you know, I, I get that from almost everywhere <laughs> that I go. The 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 locals think that I am I'm one of them, and uh, you know, it's a good thing. Um, you know, I think it, it gives me just a, a, a natural level of, tr- of trust, you know, initial trust. Sure. People because they, I look like like one of them, uh, whether I can speak uh, the language or not. Uh, sometimes it's dangerous <laughs> to even know minor words because I try to learn, a, you know, just a little bit, greetings and things like yeah. that. But then people... You 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 start with that, and people want to say more, and it's like, oh okay, no, that's all I got. So, <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> but it, it does it does help.
1: And so, but and, does she have characteristics that are Kikuyu, like facially? Nope. No. Uh, no
2: No. 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 I, I wouldn't
1: be able to tell. I'll just, I I'll I'll tell. I'll
2: just say that uh, Shara is always is Kenyan. Until she starts us, di-
0: until
2: um, she says something, yes, everything. And 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 normally when she opens her mouth, everything turns to our disadvantage because <laughs> ranging from ranging from ranging from you know when you go into a market and then then they want to charge you as the, uh, as an American as a foreigner. Yeah, and whereas for me as Kenyan, I would. But gain to to, to the last of my coin, you know. Uh,
0: I know (laughs) the rules. I can barter hard in Kenya. I just don't barter here in
1: America. (laughs) Right. Yeah, Walmart does not play that game. No.
0: Walmart prices are pretty set.
1: (laughs) No, but originally you are from, was that right, St. Thomas? Actually, no.
0: I was born on the island of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Okay. And about age eight, my family moved to the U.S. Virgin Islands, first to St. Croix and then to St. Thomas. So I grew up in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Okay.
1: Yeah, I can't ever
2: remember that. So I'm just going to
1: always say you're from St. Thomas. That's fine.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. She's from the island. You know, when you say she's from St. Thomas. Oh, some people, people, know. people
0: know. Oh, I got to <laughs> say from the island. From the island, some, yes. Some people know. No, but when you say the island, then people go, oh, Jamaica. No.
1: No, <laughs> no man. Not from Jamaica, man. <laughs> See, man. Now, how long
0: have you been in Kenya? How long have you lived there? Uh Six years. I've been in Kenya, yeah, and it's been a good six years, and and you know I, I get a lot when people say, "What do you call home?" Is 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 when you come back to the states is that home? Home still? And it's like yeah, it is still home. Kenya is is home, and even more so now because of Michael. Because I am part of the o zero family. So <laughs> yeah, what is your
1: citizenship like?
0: Where uh, does no, that work? I, I'm still American. um and will be um it's not an easy process to get citizenship in 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 kenya so it would be a matter of us uh being married for a particular um period of time and then me applying for citizenship and then whatever period of time it takes for that to be approved if it is so anywhere from probably 10 to 15 years it might take oh gosh yeah
2: but I, I, I'll say don't worry we'll, we'll, get we'll, we'll get it we'll get it we'll get it
0: yeah it doesn't
2: change your relationship <laughs> we, we will get it we will get it
0: <laughs> and, I mean it's funny and Kendis always saying ah you're one of us now it's like yeah but not on paper
1: but your <laughs> government doesn't think so <laughs> but,
0: but not officially <laughs> yeah
1: now uh, can you retain American citizenship and then also become a Kenya citizen
0: I believe yes I, you can yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, finally, I, I already hold dual citizenship because I'm still a citizen of my home country. We did not have to give that up. Not all of the Caribbean islands do that. So I am still a Vincentian. i was going to make c- my head hurt. So I'm a citizen of my home <laughs> country. And then I, I'm also a, a, an American. I've been an American for a long time. So can volunteer. you have triple citizenship? And that I don't know. So I don't know if... <laughs> If we go to that... How many passports are you going to hold? <laughs> I, so I, I don't know. So yeah, I, I really don't know if I was to get a Kenyan citizenship, if I would have to give up my a citizenship from my country of birth. Sure. Yeah.
1: Mm.
0: All right. So then
1: um, you've lived there for six years. Uh, you host a... T- like, so your job has recently changed from coordinating small-term um, mission trips in and doing that short-term stuff to this other thing what is the the biggest challenge you see for churches that come to Kenya like if you could just be like hey before you before you even think about doing a short-term mission trip please
0: what um i would say again to be aware of of the culture um, and i think that is why we share a book list of cross-cultural Things and, and we find that that really gives you some insight into the culture um, that you are already aware of. And it kind of helps to give you a, a little bit of a guide. And I think if you just come in fresh off the boat, fresh off the plane like that, um, you still come with your mind fresh from your, your home, uh, we'll say America, and you just have all of those those thoughts in your head you know, and all those comparisons. So I always sometimes say to to teams too, you know what, kinda check what you know, you know, at, at the gate, leave it there. Come with a uh just like a your mind like a blank slate and just be ready to write all the things that you're observing and learning on that blank slate. Um I also say things are not better or worse that they're different. Because you try to say Kenya is better at this, or America is better at this. Then you're then you're now going off into something that's not so positive. But you do have to acknowledge that things are different, uh, and and that's what it is. There are differences. It's not one that's better or worse per se. So yeah. I think if you you come with that kind of flexibility, it would do you well. And again, re- reading a lot of those books and and they they've been great. Um, I've I read most of them, and they. They have a lot of insight as well.
1: Yeah, we push our teams through it, and we put them through pretty intensive training. I mean, we do about six months' worth of training. (laughs) We we don't screw around anymore because the first time I ever went, we made every mistake. We didn't read any books. (laughs) We didn't learn anything about the culture. In my head, it was like, we know how to make things work in America, (laughs) so (laughs) let's go and show them how to make things work. Right. That first trip was a disaster. Mm. A different church, not Living Faith.
2: <laughs> so, what what are some of the challenges that you experienced in your fast during your first trip?
1: Oh, so like right off the bat. So, our, our, my first experience was um, in, in getting some media input to say there's tough things happening in Africa, mm. and America ought to step up and figure this out. Very general, and in my head, I went, look. You can't tell me what the resources we have in the U.S. and our ingenuity. Let's go there. Let's just get to work and start fixing things. What do they need? Roads? Let's build roads. What do they need? Buildings? Let's build buildings. Let's, let's go do stuff. And we had that in our head. and We had a guy who took us um, who was kind of loosely affiliated with the LCMS. Oh. And his, his goal was essentially to fulfill all of our wishes. Mm-hmm. So we just gave him a wish list of – We'd love to build people houses. We'd love to put things up and and provide things for people. So um, I, it was a lo- it was a longer trip than than we normally do. I think it was about fourteen days in country, and I can tell you that like to distill it down to one moment where I realized, oh crap, we're doing all of this wrong. Was the moment where <clears throat> we are trying as, as a bunch of mazungu a bunch of white guys,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: are trying to build a house for a woman that has been identified as she needs her house is collapsing and she needs a house. So we're going to come in there and help. We get there and it's like, let's go, let's build, let's do, let's work. Okay. We don't know how to build stuff Mm -hmm. in Kenya. Number one, there's no hardware store, Mm -hmm. right? Like you don't drive down the street and pick up nails and boards. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen. It is like, all right, you have to go find the right kind of sticks and I was like, how do you find the right sticks? <laughs> and then, then you have to cut them to the right length. Okay, where are your power tools? Okay, there's no power tools because there's also no power. So you need to use a machete to cut these sticks to the right length. And you have to stick these sticks in the ground at the right depth. Well, how do you get them at the right depth?
2: And there's no Home Depot.
1: There's no Home Depot, right? It was like, <laughs> So it's taking us 10 times the amount of time to do it. And we're constantly just asking, well, what do I do next? And like putting sticks in the ground and then like I got filled with mud. Where's the mud? You got to make the mud. Where do I make the mud? Well, right there. You dig that and you put water on it. Where do I get the water? Well, you got to walk four miles that way. (laughs) I mean it was so painful. But that wasn't even the most painful part. The most painful part was a group of dudes, you know, Kenyans from the village hanging (laughs) out. Sitting and watching. (laughs) Watching. And I said, who are those guys? And they said, those are the guys who normally build these huts. And I went, so you're telling me we just unemployed those like eight people? Yeah. And so and then I said, How much would it cost to pay them to build this essentially it's a for anybody listening, it's a it's a mud hut with thatched roof, you know, but mm-hmm. pretty standard Kenyan village, you know, not in Nairobi obviously, but outside of Nairobi village housing. And I so said it's about six hundred dollars. So in my head, I immediately went, so we just spent over $30,000 flying a team of white people to Kenya to build a $600 house and to unemploy those eight people. Yep. Uh, That's it. Crap.
0: <laughs> That's,
2: it. That's, it.
0: That's it. That's it. All right. So fast forward to your, your experiences now how when you come with with a team and, and you guys have been um, really instrumental in, in walking alongside our East Africa field office in, in the refugee camps in northwestern Kenya in Kakuma and Kala Bay um, to support our Lutheran congregations there. So fast forward to that now, and you yourself have come twice. So what do you take away from those times that you have come See, those times are better because um, you can
1: – Americans are really good at lying to themselves and and pretending like I went to a place and I painted a wall and I've done so much good or I went and I helped build one mud hut for this one lady. I've done so much good. But when you go to a refugee camp and there's 200,000 refugees and they're hungry, they don't have enough food, they don't have good shelter, they're not protected – Um, all of, and the water situation is not good. You look at that and you go, uh, there is no good I can do here. Like, I'm not going to dig a well (laughs) because you know, the UN it's a UN refugee camp. They're not, you can't just walk into a UN refugee camp and dig a well. So you look at all that and you say, there is, I can't actually have, um, the kind of Americanized input or influence and in, in a way that I can lie to myself and say, I've done something good. So you have to you ha, you're forced to abandon that, and then you look and say, "What good can I do?" And the good that you can do is build relationships, mm-hmm. um, establish um, long-term relationships, comfort people, and encourage people. So, for instance, the first time we went to to Kakuma and um, Bay, which is you know adjacent, it's I tell people it's essentially the same place. Um, we were there. We did door-to-door ministry, just walked around. And, and door-to-door, often they don't have doors. But, like, you go to a home and you sit and you talk to them and you encourage them. You share the love of Jesus with them. And the people who are walking with you, they go, well, I can do that. I'm like, yeah, you can. Keep doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we left after that. And, like, three char- three churches started.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and why did they start? They just kept doing what we did. Yep. And and they worked to pull together and, and well, we got more people together. Now we don't fit in this church building. We have, we're going to have to build a new one. And so let's build it over there because we got a bunch of people from that direction. Well, let's build another one over there because we got people from that direction. And And they built their own churches. And now it's like, well, we've got these three churches. We need more people to lead these churches because we don't have any pastors. So they raise up, well, you're pretty good at this stuff. Your your English is pretty good and you're a pretty smart guy. So let's send you off to school. So by doing nothing, and I put that in quotes, nothing. We didn't build a thing. We didn't paint a wall. We didn't dig a hole in the ground. We went around and, and built relationships. By doing that, three church buildings have been built. Several people have been sent off to seminary or other training, and the work continues. Mm-hmm. Now, if we just showed up and been like, we've got $5,000, we'll build you a church, mm-hmm. there'd have been maybe one new church building, yeah. half full. Yeah. So the biggest struggle that our people always get when when, when they say, I, you know, not just here, at Living, Living Faith is, is pretty good at it now. It's, it's outside of here. People's families or at work, they say... Oh, I heard you going on a mission trip. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And I I've, I've just told him, just tell everybody nothing.
0: He was like, or I'm just going." <laughs> and I, I think people forget that ministry of presence and how strong mm-hmm. and how important it is. I mean, and and you saw it and you felt it. I mean, I did it too. I mean, it, we're two years now consecutively and people know us. I mean, before we could say, oh, hey, I know that person there. They're like, oh, my gosh. I, they're running up to us and they're hugging us and they're, like, overjoyed because I remembered these people from the last time. We, you know, They're pulling up chairs. They want us to come and visit. I mean, and even for you, I mean, you know, that day, and I will never forget the look on your face, you, <laughs> we're at this church and, you know, you get up to greet and, and you say hello and just the overwhelming... Just joy of again, probably seeing you again and and just the happiness to to welcome you back and you know, mm-hmm. new people mm-hmm. from your congregation, um just to be with them and just the the songs of praise to that just kind of, yeah, I knocked don't get, you over. and you yeah, I always say you don't get that emotional nope, and, and it was just kind of <laughs> awesome. And, and just you know, just a joy in and being together. I mean, and I, I always feel super encouraged in my faith when I come back from the refugee camp because, I mean, I don't know if I could to- tolerate or or exist in that situation for so long. I mean, people have been there 10 plus years, so I'm close to 20, and I don't know if I could live in that situation. So when I, I think of the things that I struggle with, uh, it's nothing, it pales in comparison. but. To hear people say that you know the love of Jesus keeps them and and you know keeps them going and strengthens them. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and and that's important. We we don't have to build a uh, building. We don't have to to dig a well. We just have to again be Christ and 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 share that love with 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 other people. And and that's why it may be nothing <laughs> in quotes to some, it is a huge something
2: um and sadly sadly that 20 years plus that is the that's that's the only life uh they know the people living in 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 refugee camps some they were born there 20 years later they're there that's the only life they know i mean if you if you took them back to their countries some of them don't even know where to start so yeah, it, it, it's a very sad affair.
0: Yeah, there's oh. a a lot of interesting dynamics that that are going on. It's not it's not just easy, and even after two years, I don't understand everything. And and you know, when your group comes, we get to learn it all together. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> you I, know?
2: I, I yeah. mean, I I I was talking to somebody just the other day, and and just telling him how a country like Somalia during the 20 years of of war where education was distro- disrupted everything was basically disrupted i mean coming in the in, in in future they'll have a gap of twenty years yeah twenty years because the time that the children were supposed to go to school, they didn't go to school they were fighting yeah, so when they go back to school when they go back to their countries there's that twenty year gap
0: mm-hmm.
2: and 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 in a way, I brought it back into the states. Whereby uh, there is a generation that doesn't go to church, yeah. we will have that gap in the states. Yeah. Think about it, Pastor.
1: No, it's it's already happening, and it's so. Right now, <clears throat> this is an interesting parallel in our church. I always try and have a, as much diversity as possible in, um, especially the council, but also the elders. In our church, I try and have young and then try and have old, and, and here is our gap. We have people who are, you know, in, in their older age, I call them veterans, mm-hmm. and we have young, and I'm talking under 30 years old on the council, and that middle slice is kind of what we're missing, and we, we start to get it back when a couple gets married and has a kid and they're like, ah, oh, I should probably take my kid to church, <laughs> you know, yeah. then they come back, but they're not ready to be on council and elders. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, I I can get somebody who's just out of high school and has got an awesome faith, but they go to college <laughs> and then, you know, that's where that gap really starts to hit. Mm-hmm. And we, we, it's hard for, for living faith to find that middle space. And we, we're talking about with Somalia. I mean, just imagine, a twenty-year gap where whatever that age is from, from twenty to forty, and you say we need educated politicians, but mm-hmm. well, there aren't any because <laughs> they've been fighting for twenty Think years. About it, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, from somebody who's forty to sixty years old, we need if, if that's where that that slice happens to hit, we don't have any. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand, and it drives me bonkers in our country when we have these. Conversations about refugees coming up through Mexico. Mm-hmm. People who've never met and talked to a refugee, and and they feel like would they've got an know. opinion, or they they're informed and they're able to say
2: something about it. I just want to choke them, just just grab them by the throat. They would never know, mm-hmm. right? You would never know, and that's why you find people saying that that I mean, for the case of Somalia. You have, taken, you have taken us 20 years back because now you have to pick from the current 20 years to bridge that gap. I mean, it's, it, it is it is a sad state of affair. And so <clears throat> coming back to the States,
1: um, we have, I, I talked about this a little bit, we were hanging out the other day, um, there's a group of um, South Sudanese here in Des Moines and I've, I've known about them, they're you know, I, I just haven't done a lot of work with them. Some things happened and it was like invite Luke to come in and, and hang out. And, and because Luke knows the culture probably better than all the other bazoongus yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> in Iowa District West and in our circuit. And in having those conversations with some of the other pastors, here is the most important thing they didn't understand is refugees aren't fleeing to America because they want to be here. Mm-hmm. They they are fleeing America
2: because they're forced out. Very true. They yes. all want to go mm-hmm. back. Yes, it's yeah. uh, it's it's amazing because if if you even walk into those uh, refugee camps, I mean their dream is to go back home. Home. Yeah, they want to be home. Well, yeah,
0: and I've said that too. And and a lot of my visits that you know as I talk about the refugee camps, they always ask us to pray for peace in their country because mm-hmm. they want to go home um and i talked to um someone just recently uh who's studying to to be a pastor and he goes my hope is to one day be able to go home and to serve the church there i mean they want to go home and i and i think back to that first year we went last year that older gentleman mm-hmm. i don't know if you were there but he as he talked about you know why they had to leave and the struggle of being there and the, the tears that just ran down his face yeah, and I like remember. the whole group and, and I feel that like when a, a male when that happens with a a, a man
1: from that, that culture from
0: that culture it's, it's just mm. heart wrenching because he he is the provider he is the the head you know and, and you know his whole life was taken away but mm-hmm. he wants to be at home and I mean I ask people now can you go home and I go, no, we can't. If we go back, we'll be killed. You know, and, people and th- are and still real. saying that. That's
2: real. That, that is, Very real. I mean, yeah. imagine, imagine you visiting Africa or living in Africa. Then when you want to come back to the States, you, you, can't ca- no you, you cannot come back because the moment you you land, you'll be killed. Yeah. That is real.
1: So I think a lot of Americans, this is my impression, but I'm an American. I'm, I'm pretty good at impersonating one. <laughs> I think that <laughs> what they believe is there is this idea, especially those from South America or Central America, they're thinking some people who are, you know, not really well off, kind of poor, things aren't great. They one day look around and go, you know, eh, I don't really like this place. I'm going to go walk all the way to the U.S. and get free stuff. That is not the story of a refugee. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, Refugees are sitting in their home thinking to themselves, I love this place. I love my country. This is my people. This is my land. These are my family. And then somebody points a gun at them and maybe shoots their children or shoots their family or starts shooting people in their village and they go, I have to go. And then they walk thousands of miles to the U.S. border where they're like, I can't go anywhere else. And they come into our country, and, and do they get services? Well, sure, but it's because they they don't have anywhere else to go, and they want to go home. That's the over and over again. I mean, the the refugees we have here from South Sudan in in Des Moines, they've spent thirteen years in Kakuma, and so when I'm I'm showing the pictures of of me in in the camp, they're like, I know that place, I've been there, mm-hmm. and they all I say, so are you happy to be in America? They kind of all go. Well,
2: uh,
1: well... I'm great. They're I all grateful. Guys, yeah. mm-hmm. They're grateful, but they want to go, many of them want to go back to yeah. Kakuma. Mm. And,
2: and, 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 and and perhaps just to uh, I mean, home is home, regardless. Home is home. I mean, there's no better place than home.
0: Well, funny to have him say that. People have always asked for as long as you've been in, the, you were in the United States, why are you not an American? Because he, I mean, he he just, I, he just like, well, one day I'm, I want to go home. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be, a can. And I think also too, at the time that he, um, he couldn't do it. He would have to give up his citizenship. Their, their constitution didn't allow. Mm-hmm. But he, I mean, I think now he can, they can have dual citizenship, but he always wants to be, a Kenyan, I mean, like as much as I am an American, I'm from another country, I still have another home, I mm-hmm. still have roots somewhere i I am from the Caribbean, and you know what i when I'm with my family, that part of me is very evident, and it comes out yeah and and that's a whole nother part of me that people don't always get to see um And again, too, now that we're joined together, I I am, Kenya, Kenya is a part of me now, you know, Uh, so I've got a a, a hodgepodge of things going on. I mean, America (laughs) is my home. Kenya is my home. The Caribbean is my home, you know, And, and, you know. Where where I land, well, <laughs> I don't know where, but I mean, I, I can see when he says that, like, yeah, you, when they want to go home, they want to go home. I mean, there's a, and I find even being out of Kenya, there's a simplicity and an ease of life oh, gosh, in Africa. Yeah. And and, 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 <laughs> and I, I love being yes. back in the States to, to see family and friends and connect and, and, and share, but it's a busyness that's just uh, overwhelming. Stress. Um, and I'm, you know, we got a couple more weeks, but I am already <laughs> deeply missing that. <laughs> that just. Well, we, I think we've called it a quiet simplicity, if that, if that makes sense in any way. But I am terribly missing that. I, I am like ready to be on the fifteen hour, and then another five or hour twenty hours to get back and just be like.
2: <sighs> and yeah. pastor, just just that you know, I managed to to come in with a, 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 a packet of ugali. So, right. so, so I, can, I can have it whenever I want, and I'm going to have it. So you, you can take the Kenyan so, out of so, kitchen, so, but not so, all things and, you and, 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 you know, back to what I was just saying, home is home. I mean, I remember when I, I, I you know, one of our last trips here, I mean, I did come in with, with my packet of ugali. I could not get it. Whatever I got here was just... An imitation of of, of that <laughs> so so and and this this time we knew we knew best i mean my wife carried Shara carried a packet i carried a packet, <laughs> bearing in mind that 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 coming into the states we risked uh either, a, either of us uh, getting it taken away. <laughs> getting it taken away. But you know what? <laughs> we brought two packets.
1: Yes. <laughs> we do that with coffee going to Kenya. I tell everybody everybody has to pack Bro- a bag, bag of, of coffee. coffee. <laughs> you might lose it. Your luggage gets lost. We have to spread this out it's so we have bread. coffee. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, not even ever having been in Sudan or South Sudan, that you just miss that life. You know, yeah. and I'm sure there was a, a just a joyful, quiet, happy life before Civil War and before things that happened. You yeah. know, um, again, even as we talked to people in the refugee camps, they were like, you know what, we were farmers, we had jobs, we we had a good life, and then we were forced to to leave. And I mean, I can't imagine in the middle of the night soldiers coming. And just, again, like you said, firing weapons or, or doing whatever, and you just got to go. And, you know, families were separated along the way. And, and I say that, you know, the thing, and I often think of those four boys that we met yeah. and, and just this sadness and the dullness on their faces when they couldn't even say, we don't know. You know, we asked about family and, and, you know, they're by themselves and they've got to live that life by themselves and be their own family and and again i I think i shared at a church i mean i was just rendered speechless because it just hurt my heart
1: yeah and i'm so pissed off at you about that by the way (laughs) why (laughs) because it's you not peter um the other guy what's the other guy uh john john you and john and then our translator and we're in this moment it's a it's two 17-year-olds and 214 14 14-year-olds. And all of you say, I'm speechless. Luke, you say something. I'm the guy with a 14-year-old. I'm, I'm looking know, at these kids going, that's my
0: son. No. I'm like, so I'm the guy? I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, no, seriously. But I, remember, I mean, I mean, I remember looking at you and you looked at me and we kind of had that same thing. I was like, I, have, I don't know what to say. And, and – and, just honestly I was like Lord just give me something to say I was like I don't have anything to say I wanted to cry I I did and it was like this is hard you know I mean I think I don't know if it would have been it probably would have been easier if there were like four mothers because I've but I, these four boys and I was like ah and you know I, I think of them now and I still feel <laughs> speechless,
1: oh gosh, speechless. It wrecks me have, every time. Yeah,
0: and 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 that that's hard. And again, like you said, you have children. I don't, I don't yet have children, but to to think that you know, for parents, I mean, fleeing a country and my boys got my kids got separated. I don't know, and and they don't know, and they can't. Maybe they can risk going back, or maybe they can't. I don't know. But they're, they're where they're at. But you know, they're they're alive and they're safe, and and oh, you know they have something. But it's 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 rough. Yeah. And I think it's it's the children, and I mean, luckily for them, they weren't taken and become child soldiers. Yeah. You know, and, and that's another hard. So life. possible too. Right. And that is yeah. not. And that's a hard situation. That is the area literally, and that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that happens. Yeah, and and so. But, yeah,
1: I you know, was- I, part of it, too, is I think the in the U.S., we get it in our heads like every, everybody wants to go home and everybody thinks their home is for them the best. But the, we have this weird thing in the U.S. where, you know, our home is really big. You I know, mean, it's a whole country and you can go almost any place and things are a little bit different. You know, like mm-hmm. if you go all west, you're going to or for south. One is Whataburger and one is in and out it's a hamburger, bro. Like, it's still a hamburger. It's not that different. But in Kenya, you know, Luo, uh, Kikuyu, all of these different tribes live a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And you get to experience in Kenya, this is the way they do things. And you just get a sense of more diversity. Where in the U.S., it's like, this whole place is awesome. And everywhere I go, everything is awesome.
2: Everything is awesome, yeah. yes. Constantly, mm-hmm. all the
1: time. Yeah. And so, like, there's there's that lack of if you go someplace else, maybe they do something and it's also good and valuable, yeah. and so you think that well, we just we do everything the best and right. So obviously everybody wants to be here, and yes, once yes, they get here, yeah. they're never going to want to go home.
2: It's so far from the truth. But so, so, Pastor, uh, after having been to to Kenya, being to Africa, mm-hmm. what lessons do you bring? I mean, what have you, what has Africa taught you, literally speaking? What have Africa taught you? That's one. And two, what lessons do you bring to Americans who sometimes tend to take things for granted? I mean, like somebody would complain simply because uh, there was no electricity, maybe power just went off for like five minutes. Or maybe they couldn't get eggs for their breakfast. What lessons do you bring for uh, an average American who is an American? Yeah. So the first question
1: is um, much easier and harder to answer. What has it taught me? It's I, I can't give you the data of what it's taught me, but it's changed me in a way where I often will talk about this. Like I'm, it's almost like I've become a Jedi, you know where. Um, having experienced these things and wrestled with things, um, so many times, I mean, I've been to Kenya 12, 15 times, something like that. I know Kenyans, um, <clears throat> people feel like, like, well, what you were said earlier, I don't, I don't get hurt. That hurts. That's right. I, I don't break. I don't, I don't get that emotion. I used to, but like, I've been so exposed to suffering and so exposed to things that are stressful and painful, That I come back here, and when somebody comes to me with something that is really hard, a lot of a lot of pastors, when they hear something that's really hard, you know, I I just had a child die. You know, if if you're a if you're a just your average LCMS American pastor, younger guy, kind of new into this, and and somebody comes to you and says, "My child died," there is this panic that wells up. Like your heart starts to break and your brain says, I got to fix this. And everything is on me. And, and like, oh, when you're in Kenya and you walk around a refugee camp, like every other person you talk to tells you about their child that died and you get so much exposure to that. So now when somebody comes to me with this tragedy, it's not that I'm callous. Calloused isn't the right. Anybody who thinks I'm calloused is just <laughs> stupid and that's and not the right answer. It's. it's not, I'm not calloused. I've dealt with this so many times that I'm relaxed, and I can think, and I can pray, and it's not overwhelming. You know, it's. It's. I imagine it's like a paramedic who's gone in to uh, a burning building or, or arrives on an accident scene for the first time is going to be harder than the, the one who's seen it a thousand times. Like, I've seen this a thousand times. And, I've, and I'm chill and I, and I can be present in the moment and connect with somebody. And so I get that all the time of like, man, you're just unflappable. You're chill. And, you know, nobody ever comes to me with something that's going to rattle me because, brother, I've been in the depths of it. Mm-hmm. I have seen the hardest of the hard stuff in these refugee camps. Amen. <laughs> there is nothing America yes. can throw at me. Mm-hmm. Nothing. <laughs> so that's for me, that's incredibly useful. Uh, I just preached on it this last Sunday too where um, we have that story of Elijah and the widow Mm -hmm. and uh, this like really tough – like he steps in and says, "Okay, you've only got food for for one meal. Why don't you give that to me? And for an American, like you just can't get your head around that. Mm -hmm. But I've been in a place where there's a lot of people who only have food for this one moment in time. Yep, mm-hmm. and and I go we we struggle with that idea because death has been so removed from our experience, like we've nerfed our world. There's, there's no pointy edges anymore. There's nothing. The death is not around us. Like you go to a place where death happens constantly, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, so, if, so. So from this widow's perspective, she's like, "All right, so I die in four days versus six days." Woo. <laughs> She's in a different – like that worldview has been incredibly helpful to me. Now, the lesson that I teach to others, um, I think that you can't teach it, but you can model it. Mm-hmm. And this is where I, I, I keep coming back to what what makes Living Faith so unique is this Africa trip. And it isn't that we go. It's that we bring so many people. It's fully 30 to 40 percent of our members have been to Africa. And that's astounding. Mm-hmm. And so when I say crazy things, when I say we're going to do something crazy, 30 to 40 percent of my church goes, man, that's cool, man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. doesn't phase them. Yeah. And uh, I had actually – you just met her. <laughs> she was out there. I won't, I won't say her name on air, but now hopefully you know who it is. Um, I got a call to be a pastor of a different church when the triplets were like, Six months old. And most people were saying, because this this is so this is three, four years ago. <clears throat> most people were like, Well, he would never take a call to another church. I mean, that's crazy. And this person who's been on the African mission trip was like, Yeah, he would. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and what they said was, I know Luke. I've been to Africa with him. If God tells him to go. He will go. He will go. And they were like, Really? And this person was like, Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's sort of the what's kind of permeated the church now is it's it starts at the top with the leadership with me, but it's that is so irrelevant now because I mean you look at our council and you can count people on our council who've been to Kenya or their family members, their spouses have been there. Same on elders, same in the praise team. Mm -hmm. And everybody is like, there's kind of this collective, oh, crap. Mm -hmm. If God says to living faith, do this insane, risky thing, we'll do it.
0: And (laughs) the name of your church is head on. I mean, and, and again, as I was thinking about and watching you all, I was like, you know what? They are living their faith. Mm. They are doing what God is asking them to do and and I am glad to be connected with you all because i I always go back to you guys and I mean there are other congregations I was like, but that name fits perfect you know <laughs> there and I wrote about it in my newsletter and 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 you know we we had some dialogue about some just some things about faith and but you know what there are times I'm scared i mean it, it may look easy. Oh, man, there are times I'm like, things happen. I'm like, what? I don't know what's supposed to be happening now. Right. And for people I know just kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, step outside of a comfort zone. I mean, and again, I'm sure for your new people, you can say it. You can say it's going to be fine. You know, you can tell them all you want to say, but there's still a, an anxiety, you know, and a fear because something's unknown. And then when they get there, they go, oh, I see. Mm You know, they come back and they go, oh, I totally get it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, um, but, I mean, to to just, to step out in faith. I mean, even as a a, a long-term missionary, I mean, there are things God puts in front of you. There are things that he just stretches you and you're like, I mean, there are times I say, how... I I, I didn't think that my arms could stretch out that wide anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do this, you know, but I just know that I got to do this because you're asking me to do this. Yeah. You know, and, but I, I love that again, so much of your congregation has come and, and, I know that people will continue to come. And again, it it just sits living faith. That's just a bold statement Uh all around. And then it just fits perfectly with with this congregation. So I totally love that.
1: Yeah. So we've talked about what Kenya taught me, the lessons it brings to Americans. Let's reverse that. So what can Americans bring to teach, coach, you guys, Kenyans? Like, what, What do Americans have to offer the other direction?
0: Uh, and, I mean, and, and I mean, I will go back to their faith, to to why you come. Because people often ask, "Why do you come so far to do this? Why do you leave your family and take vacation time? And, and why do you come?" And it, I think it's a powerful statement of faith, and 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 you know that love of christ that people Mm -hmm. may not see within themselves but it shines so brightly you know and and just to even if you do nothing did you just sit with with mothers and and hold babies and and smile i remember watching Joni just kind of sit with other kids i remember when she brought out pictures of her triplets and other mothers are like i have multiple Mm -hmm. children and and just that that connection that i Mm. mean again if you've never been to america you don't know what america is like you don't know what americans are like if you've never been to africa you don't know what africans are like until you meet them and it's like this we have so much i mean there's so much similarity that we don't know until we we sit together and together i mean we when the women sit together i mean they're they're laughing and and you know, experiencing each mm. other's culture, but then there's this similarity in between it. And that's all Jesus bridging that gap. And it's, it's again, and I hear team members say, I just felt called to go and I had to go. Mm-hmm, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, your faith in Christ is saying, I'm asking you to go, but you're going to go anyways, because I, you don't know what, so I think they can bring just that, the love of christ to to people and and to and that faith that people can see in them that they that's what they can bring mm. and 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 just uh you know that's it for me I think that's how I'm gonna think <laughs> that, you know but that that's what I see and and I mean'cause i I sometimes think that what what do I bring to people or, right you know and and I'm just like I'm a person that can just go sit in the village and not say anything and just be totally awesome and feel just like this is the best and i've done that i've like gotten to villages remote villages and go i'm gonna be here for two weeks and i just want to be a part of you mm. and i come away with so much a better understanding of who they are sometimes a better understanding of who i am in christ um just to be there but being willing to be present yeah, and and share who you are with somebody else is is huge. I mean, and not everybody from your team will get to come back every year, but maybe every other year, every five years. But guess what? You walk into wherever, and if that person saw you five years ago, be like, oh my gosh, you you came back, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the joy that you feel and, the, and you. that bond that forms the, does not
2: just fade. And uh, as, as as a Kenyan who lives in Kenya, who knows Kenya, I mean, who knows the way of life in Kenya, and to some extent, Africa. I come to America, and what do I bring in America? Just one message, count your blessings. Mm -hmm. And when you name them one by one, then you'll know how the Lord has blessed you. I mean, Americans appreciate what you have. And treat it like it's 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 the only thing you have, and when you get it, own it, mm. because when it's taken away from you, then you know what 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 you've lost. I mean, in Africa we struggle; in Africa life is hard, and 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 we've 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 learned in a way to live with it, but again in America. Just think about this. Count your blessings, and name the blessings that you have one by one by one. Then you'll be surprised that the Lord is always with you, guys. Amen.
1: Yeah, I, I just think about trying to count the blessings that are in my garage. <laughs> it would take me months, and most of the time, I look around my garage and I go, "I gotta get rid of all this <laughs>
2: crap." <laughs> you know, you, you know, Pastor, I, I have space. I'm going to Africa. <laughs> I have I have, I have fifty pounds of, of, of free luggage, so I'm going to Africa. All right, I've got get rid of them, man.
1: I've got China from my wedding that I'm trying to get rid of. You can have that. You want some? Uh, I, it's all yours. I don't know what you're gonna do with it because I don't know. I'm gonna. Oh, do you're
0: to my stuff. <laughs> Thank you.
1: You know what? You know what is a great blessing for you guys in Kenya is um, you guys know what the Bible sounds like and smells like. And I, I try and tell this to people and they don't get it. Like it doesn't – the psalms, when, when they sing the psalms, it doesn't go. That's Gregorian chant and that's like oh, a thousand years after Jesus. That's, that is not how the psalms were sung. The, so, the psalms sound like what we hear with drums and that just sort of loud Bolsterous, big sound, mm-hmm. and when Jesus is in a village or Jesus walks into Jerusalem, it doesn't smell like Des Moines. I mean, it smells like a village. You know, you you smell the the little fires, charcoal fires, cooking and food, and the the noise of goats and animals. Mm-hmm. Like so, if you want to know like the background sound of the Bible. You got to get yourself into a third world country. You got to get yourself into a place exactly, yes. yeah. that is just yeah. not America. There's no car horns,
2: you know. There's no, there's no McDonald's. There's no McDonald's. <laughs> there's
0: camels. Yeah, I, and you know, for me, I I like being in the village. I like being in those little churches. I, I I remember years back, we sat on that hillside. In Ulusira, and and I think you you gave the sermon, but, I I mean, that was the picture in my mind. You know, people sitting on this hillside, some under a tree, and Jesus just preaching and, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, telling people about who he is and and what he came to do. And and I always see that. I always get that picture when I'm outside. I remember the sermon I preached.
1: I totally do. And I I can't remember the text exactly, but I remember my... um, because that was after – I had been a, a couple of times and I was just starting to get it. And It was the first time I preached in Kenya where every, all the Kenyans weren't like slack-jawed, eyes closing, like, oh, Americans say words now. It was like I, – I, I was talking about um, the – specifically I was talking about justification and atonement and I was saying if you have promised uh, – if, if you owe a man a cow – and you bring to him a goat? Have you paid him?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like the, all the Kenyans are, 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 are no, you know. I, but I can see them connecting, mm-hmm. and it was like the first time a Mazungu who has ever preached at them that was using, you know, just a real life example that yes. connected yes. to mm-hmm. them—cows and goats. And they're like no what if they bring four goats is that equal to one cow no it is no. not the same <laughs> and just over and over again so this is the importance of the incarnation if God is going to redeem man then God must make payment with man so God becomes man and they all I see the heads nodding and going yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. and I just had this moment of like oh my gosh I'm preaching and it's working <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's powerful! Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was cool. That was a cool moment. Nice. Hour twenty. It's actually more like an hour ten. I we start a little bit late. Are you hungry? You want lunch? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take you guys to Mickey's, mm-hmm. which uh, if you listen to this podcast, you know is my favorite bar. <laughs> the food is great. <laughs> the beer is cold, and everybody there.
2: Only that I'm I'm, I'm sure that they, they, they don't have Tusca. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, they do not have tuskers. <laughs> you are correct. Um, thank you so much for coming in for this podcast. This That's is awesome. Think, I'm probably going to release this. Will be uh, available about a week from now. Okay, uh, maybe the end of the week. We'll see. Awesome, something like that. So, cool guys.
2: We thank you, Pastor, for mm-hmm. all the all the support that you've given us, and we encourage you, you, you that. Please come to Kenya.
1: Next year. We need you guys. Everybody listening. To this? So let's do that before we wrap up. Anybody listening to this who wants to go to Kenya with me, email me, call me, whatever you need to do. I, I will take you. And and, yep. and I will. Uh, uh, how about this? Anybody who's listening to this who wants to go individually to Kenya, I'll pay for it.
0: It's hey, okay. a big challenge. So I'm if up. you are a
1: pastor or just a member of an LCMS church. And you hear these things, and you say, "I'd like to go on that mission trip," and you live wherever you live in the country. Uh, Living Faith will pay for it. And awesome. you
2: amen. To,
1: yeah, I'm in. amen. Amen. One hundred percent in. I encourage pastors. I, here's another thing: is if you're a pastor and you want to go, and your church is like, "Well, we can't afford it," Living Faith will pay for it. And I promise you, after going once, your church will sponsor you to go. Because you will be a different human being. Yay! But I also want to say, where can people? Where do you want to send people for
0: information? Uh, Project Twenty Four or anything else? Um, if you go on the LCMs.org website, there um, you can type in um, C-C-C-K. Uh, You can do. Uh, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Let's see. <laughs> you have to write it out to figure right. <laughs> Yeah. So if you do uh, LCMs.org. Is it forward slash?
1: Forward slash
0: c c c c k. You will get information on Project Twenty Four and c c c k and how to sponsor a child. So right. again, that would be the lcms.org dot forward slash c c c k.
1: Okay, and if they want to email you to get on your newsletter because you do an awesome newsletter too. Uh, yes
0: uh, that would be shara.osiro S-H-A-R-A, o-s-i-r-o at lcms.org
1: awesome cool and I will get all that in the show notes as well when I publish this um, like I said probably about a week I got the cool one that I just uploaded from John Connor uh, I gotta get that one on air before anything else thank you guys for coming in let's go drink a beer them. What wonderful people they are! So glad to know them, and uh, it's awesome to know that people like that are out there doing the Lord's work and are just faithful stewards of the lives given to them. Encourage you to support them; they raise all of their own money. Do you know that the LCMs gives zero dollars to missionaries? Um, it's kind of crazy. A lot of people think that we have a synod that funds missionaries. We do not. Um, all of that comes from churches and individuals, so please consider checking them out. You can find them if you search the LCMS website or the information that they gave there at the end. Um, check it out. Support them, encourage them, help them out. And if you're at all interested in missions, let us know. We'd love to take you along with us at Living Faith or just anywhere. So, all right. till next time, be good.